Rick, Rick Chen from Blind. Oh my God, I'm so glad we're talking today. This is nuts. Meta laid off by 11,000 people. It's huge. Now, I want to be respectful because you know, no one wants to lose their job, but this, this, I, we're in new territory. And dude, you and Blind are the epicenter of like what's going on. So like tell, like, tell us what, what's happening, what's going on behind the scenes. Right. I, I think what is really interesting about this and why we had to come together for the special like edition emergency podcast oh, right, right. <laughs> of the right. Blind Ambition is it's 13% of their total staff, right? And so Meta before this layoff, before this morning, we should say, uh, was at about 87,000 people and 13%, one, three, it's huge. And you have to also think about it in the context of Meta itself. You know, when it was Facebook, um, 18 years, the culture of Meta or Facebook has been not to do any layoffs. It's always been, hey, you know, if a team or project doesn't work out, we're going to reorg that team and help you find another job within the company. Like, you know, we're going to do everything we can uh, to avoid layoffs. And, and Why so, would they do that though? That's, is that just hubris that like, they feel like, Hey, we're Facebook. We can do everything. And if we lay off just one person, it's going to make us look weak and we're not weak and we're strong. So we're going to just keep every, is that, is that the mentality? <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's this like hubris. It's, like, yeah. it's, I, I would even go as far as saying it's, it's a bit of a humility thing, right. Of, I mean, you've written about this for Forbes so much, yeah. but companies spent a lot of time recruiting yeah. and training. And so perhaps it's hubris in the sense that they have such confidence in their recruitment process that like, hey, you've passed our quote unquote bar. You're the great talent that you need. In many cases, we've invested time training you. Um hey, this project didn't work out, but you know, you're know you still part of the team. You're still part of the family. Um, let's find you somewhere else to do because we know you can excel. So per perhaps it's Makes sense. hubris of your, your, your team's capability. Right, right. So like, we're so great at spotting talent and we're so great at interviewing so that if you're here, that means you have to be awesome. And why would we lay you off? Because you're awesome. So in a bizarre way, it makes sense. But let me ask you this, like, didn't there come a point where somebody would say to Mark, and I know, so I'm first name is base with it, so I could call Mark. <laughs> so, so with Mark to say, hey, dude, you have 87,000 plus people working there. You invested like a gazillion dollars. I don't know how many billions in the metaverse, like maybe just chill out a little bit, pull back for the metaverse, you know, take it easy. Do you think a lot of it was like the metaverse? And do you think also a lot of it was TikTok eating their lunch? I think I, I would even go as far as saying it's just, it's two things, right? It is just part of just so focused on like selling ads right? Like their revenue, like credit to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and Meta uh, for, for finding the, the, the cash cow that is the Facebook pixel. And that is, you know, targeting ads and like basically modern day quote unquote performance marketing, right? 
but Apple really killed the advertising industry and it really killed Facebook in particular, right? In terms of letting iOS users, which uh, within tech companies tend to be the most coveted uh, because, you know, iOS users tend to be the most kind of tech savvy or the most like sought after demographic because they're younger and they tend to have a higher income compared to, to Android users. Um, Apple making the software update that lets users kind of opt out of not sharing their data really killed this marketing profession, right? So suddenly people can't figure out, okay, well, I'm, I'm spending a few hundred dollars or even thousands of dollars on Facebook. I can't see how successful my my campaign is going because my spend is, uh, because I, I, I don't have that data. Maybe it's on a delay Maybe it's a guess. Maybe your, you know, your figures of like, oh, you know, your campaign, Rick, before was, you know, you were getting people to download your app for $5. Your cost per install was $5, which is great. Um, now, because they're not getting that data, maybe your cost per install is going up to like seven, eight, even $10. And, you know, from an advertiser perspective, you're like, Oh no, my, my my marketing campaign got you know 40, 50, 100 percent less efficient, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back my spend. Maybe Facebook isn't as efficient as as I thought it'd be. And, and so that Apple privacy uh has really killed. Now, do you think it's because of the regulations about privacy or Tim Cook comes across as this nice guy, but maybe inside he's just a maniac and he just wanted to cut Zuckerberg off at the legs. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just take you out, buddy. That's it. I'm done with you. What do you what, like? What do you think is a little bit of bold or no? It's just like the new rules came in, and it's a new type of era, and that's what it is. I mean, you're you're not wrong. There's a conspiracy theory. I, I'll be. <laughs> graceful and, and call it that, that Apple wants the piece of the advertising business, right? Like they're, they've been expanding beyond, you know, iPhone manufacturing, people are upgrading their phones less, their phones are costing way more. And so they're doing things like iCloud, right? If I can get everyone to subscribe for a dollar a month, and I have a billion, you know, iPhone users, that's a billion dollars a month, you know, like, and that's free revenue basically for them, right? And oh, so, so you know, he could say, like, no, it's I don't want to hurt your business no, model. I, I care it. about privacy. It's privacy is so important to us. Meanwhile, it, they get a 30% cut of everything. So well, that's a coincidence, but okay. Right. And and they get the the the, the PR credit of saying, Oh, you know, I, I'm doing good by the consumer. Right. And and also they get to sell their own ads. Right. If yeah. if if people are blocking, um, you know, third parties from using it, well, they're not a third party. They're the first party. You know, they they own the device. You're doing it in their ecosystem. Um, they get they suddenly are the only ones that can target iOS. You know, so is it gloves consumers. off now? Because it seemed to me from the outside, right, as a layman, as a novice, look at the outside that the big tech you know, players had this kind of truce. We're like, we all have our little zones and we're not going to encroach on it. And it feels like the gloves are off now and everything is gay. Is that, is that what's happening? 
You're not wrong. So a few years ago, there was a Wall Street Journal article that actually discovered two things. One is a lot of these big tech companies, Apple, Google, Facebook among them, had a truce about not necessarily poaching each other's employees. Like, I mean, obviously it happens. We, we sit all the time on blind. Um, there's a lot of employees that are, are moving among that kind of big tech echelon of companies. Uh, but they had kind of this almost like price fixing, almost like working like an OPEC cartel kind of thing. But you can't do, wait, is, it, is that <laughs> illegal or, or you, you could, you, there's ways to just kind of get around it? Yeah, well, so so the journal article, and, and it was a, a few years ago, so I, I might have to reread it yeah. to refresh, but it was kind of a gentleman's agreement, right? It, it wasn't like written explicitly. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, Google pays Apple, I believe, $1 billion or more to be the default search engine on Safari on everyone's iPhone. Right. And so they're, they're, they're doing exactly like you're saying, they're, they're carving up different spaces. They have these like grand um, agreements and and partnerships between them. I mean, this is like, this is the, this is why we call it big tech, right? It's like big tobacco. It's like big, whatever. (laughs) How, how, what's the mood? What's the vibe on blind now? Like are people freaking out, not just meta people, but everyone else, because what I'm seeing, just in my own humble opinion, from covering this kind of stuff, it seems this is the trend that, you know, for the people who are listening, just to give you some wonky stuff, right? So bear with me. I'll be really, you know, I won't be so bad about this. The <laughs> Fed basically screwed up. They're like, oh, it's transit, you know, transitory inflation. Oh, no worries. And they're completely wrong. And inflation just rocketed. And now they're like, holy shit, we effed up. We got to do something about it. So now they're raising interest rates. When you raise, like, so like Facebook, Google, Apple, all these companies got free money for years and years and years. So, so do the investment banks. So they could just hire like crazy. They could do whatever they want because they have so much money. Now, if you're going to have interest rates at 5%, that changes the game. It changes the game for startups, for everything else, because now you can't just you know hire like crazy, build like crazy. You have to have enough money coming in to pay you know that 5% or so. Then you have to pay the debt back. Plus you have to have profits on top of it. So all of a sudden, this is why I think we're going to see lots of layoffs now because the game is different now. It's no free lunch anymore. Does that make sense? Is that? I, I think you're exactly right. I, I, I think it's it's a changing calculus in terms of also like what Wall Street investors are are, are willing to tolerate in terms of. It goes back to what you were saying at the start of the podcast, at the start of the hour. Uh, are investors going to be willing to wait or subsidize these huge capital costs of, I'm going to build the metaverse and it's going to cost me five, $10 billion. Right. Uh, and, and maybe they're, they're just becoming impatient and saying, actually, you know, we're the shareholders of the company. That capital does belong to us. We want you to allocate it in a different way. And it's down 70% year to date. Right. 70% year yeah, to date. 
<laughs> seven zero that's 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 huge huge so like so how's and to go back before i gave my little rant about like how you know the feds trying to screw you know just messed up but anyway so how's the vibe check there like are people really freaking out or are they just kind of do they get already used to it because we've already been seeing so many layoffs and higher freezes or this one is like hit home hard it, it, it's all of the above yeah um i mean I, I think the first thing that has really shocked folks is the scale yeah. right so you know eighty-seven thousand. there were talks in the last few days that oh my gosh it, it could could it be 10 percent would would mark zuckerberg cut 10 percent? no no way that's almost ten thousand people yeah. right that that's that's yeah. eight point seven thousand, right no no way and and you know today it ended up being 13 yeah uh, it ended up being more than ten thousand. and it doesn't mean they, they'll stop here i mean he didn't say he'll fire more but he didn't say he won't so he... so, so that's the thing but there's also a group you know this reminds me of i believe it was april 2020 it was the start of the COVID 19 pandemic layoffs right and we had airbnb come out they were hit hard by the shelter in place those lockdowns the stay at home like no one's traveling anymore and this was before people figured out how to work remotely and you know get a backyard and that kind of thing uh and airbnb their revenue basically went to zero they had to do layoffs uh but the way that they decided to do layoffs they were applauded around the tech industry uh, for having a really generous severance plan. No, no surprise there. Um, their their employee benefits that they were going to extend to their now alumni, the laid off folks, right? Career support, health insurance for an extra six months, getting some of your you know stock grants, even though you don't work there uh, for a few months after. And, and we're seeing Meta do the same thing. Exactly. Right? I don't know if you read my piece because I wrote today. Yeah. And I and I you know alluded to, it, but you know what's so funny. So the knock on Zuckerberg is that he kind of copies everything or steals everything. <laughs> so he kind of, he took Chesky, Brian Chesky, right? It's right. Brian Chesky's Airbnb. playbook. Exactly what you're saying is being the empathetic, caring person. And in, in his delivery in, in the, and actually I just saw a kind of a, a I guess a leaked copy of him saying, yes. you know, giving his speak. But before that, just the memo he gave to everybody couldn't be more empathetic and caring and benefits and we're going to do this because i wonder if it wasn't for what happened with musk just a few days ago he would have done that thing i don't know because i think how musk handled it must have freaked everybody out at, at medicine no you gotta really plan this out you cannot do this helter skelter you have because look how much heat musk got for just just like firing people and then say oh come back i i mean i have a funny story for you yes. so you know Growing up in school, I wasn't the most fit. And so PE was always a little bit of a nightmare. And, <laughs> you know, like one of the, the things that the task that we had to do was um, you, you had to basically like almost climb like a little wall. Yeah. It's like very similar to like what, uh, you know, a, a police training exercise might right. be. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not the most fit, but I can, yeah. I, I'm tall, I, I'm scrappy, I can probably figure it out. And, and what I did was I just decided to like sit back 
and, and see all the other like the more athletic the like smarter kids go in front of me and see how they like what what techniques are they doing right what are they doing what 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 are the things that like people are failing like how are they like striking out and, and, and so mark zuckerberg he did layoffs quite late right like there were so many other right. companies that did layoffs before and, and you know he, he was watching everyone else or he had the benefit or his team did of seeing like what not to do and, and, and kudos to him, right? You because... got to give him credit, right? You got, right. even if you hate him, you got to give him credit for that. He really, it's interesting that story because it makes a lot of sense because he's sort of like, all right, you don't do like better.com did, right? Where you, right. You, know, you, you call Nate, you call them dumb, his employees, dumb dolphins and crazy right. stuff like that. You don't do one way Zoom calls and say you're fired. You don't cut everybody off on your you know, on your laptop and shut them out. So that he's, he's smart, man. He's a really right. smart so, guy. So you saw all these like different things yeah. that they did that were very unique to Meta, right? So even the people that were laid off, they still have access to their work email to the end of the day. That That's odd. We, yeah. we haven't seen a company ever do that. Tr that's trust. That's trust. That, that, that is trust. That's trust. You know, that they're the not going to do is... anything or ruin anything. Like, let's have these like killer severance packages because, yeah. you know, Meta has more money than God, and so they can't yeah. afford that. Um, you know, they're, they're doing the very similar to Airbnb uh, of April 2020 of saying like, hey, we're going to have our recruiters support you find another job, train, rewrite, help rewrite your resume, whatever, career guidance tools. Um, we're going to create like an alumni network, right? Like they, they picked up all of these different yeah. things that other companies did. Um, you know, I'm going to tease... Twitter and Elon a little bit, but you know Elon Musk. This this hits home to me personally as a PR person. But uh, Elon Musk famously dislikes PR and communication. Mm -hmm. You know Tesla famously doesn't have a PR team, and you know any PR person, even a junior person, could have told him, "Hey, you need to have some internal communications about the layoffs." But Twitter had none. None. It was a mess absolutely a mess and meta I, I i suspect he he saw that and you yeah. know meta has a fantastic great large uh pr and communications team and, and he leaned on their support like how do we message this how do we make sure you know we, we don't do a better.com or we don't do an elon musk at twitter um so that's why it's email and it wasn't during this zoom right like there's all these like different cues and like things that i mean he's well coached Credit to him. Yeah. Now, for the folks on the side, but then also just at large, what, you know, what would you suggest to them? Had there been conversations amongst themselves? Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Because, you know, Salesforce laid off, uh, Stripe laid off, Snap laid off, uh, you know, you Twillow, Lyft. I mean, you could go down the list and keep going. I had a list of it, but I didn't want to kind of, you know, depress everybody right. <laughs> of all the different companies. So like, so if they're all going through that and have not all, but you know, so many are laying off and hiring freezes, what do, what do you do? Like, do they have any ideas, any thoughts? Yeah. So there's, there's a, a big community on blind that is saying like, Hey, on paper, four months sounds great. Right. But if you think about four months, we're in November, that is just till March. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time in between is holidays when even in good times, Companies don't really hire. It's low. Yeah, I can tell you right doing this executive search. 
like right. starting as soon as we get closer to to Thanksgiving and then through that holidays, it's it's like pulling teeth to get stuff done. Can you do it? Yes. And when I suggest people on blind, get ahead of it because that's kind of a contrarian thing. So if people watch mm. this, I would say this. Most people pull out, put aside all the layoffs or the downsizings right now, pretend that didn't happen. I would suggest you get ahead of the curve rather than waiting and just sitting around. You want to go out there because I'd bet most people are not. Most people say, F it. I'm going to wait for Thanksgiving, wait for the new year, wait for Christmas, wait for Hanukkah, wait for whatever, and just, you know, come back whenever. If you get out there, there's going to be less competition, even though there are more people out of work. I think a lot of just going to hang tight and just chill and just, you know, do some self-care, do whatever. So get out there, get your resume updated. Definitely get in touch with recruiters, recruiters that specialize in your space. Maybe hit up some career coaches, resume writers, hit your network, your alumni. Just take action because a lot of people are going to be like punch drunk. Like, what do I do? And just be just like, just, just, just ha like just shock, but just you process it you know, take some time, process it, but then you got to leap into action because if you leap into action, you're going to be ahead of the curve. And then you also have to be positive because what happens is this, if you go and you interview and you're kind of bringing that baggage with you, like, I can't believe I got laid off. You know, my boss is a jerk. I was like the best. I was this. It does not go well. You know what? You just got to be like, Hey, let's say you're, 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 you know, you're an interviewer, Rick. I'd be like, Hey, I was laid off, but I really love my time with Matter. It was great. I learned a lot. I made so many acquaintances. I just feel so fortunate. I get the market situation that I, you know, I was laid off, but that's fine because now I'm excited. I get to interview with a company like yours and I get to meet with people like you. And if it wasn't for the layoff, I probably would just stay there another five, 10 years. So maybe that was the kick in the pants for me to take action. And maybe, you know what? I was thinking of doing a startup. So maybe this is the thing I needed to, to get the courage and say, you know what? I got severance. I got some money. I'll team up with some other people from blind, pull it together. Maybe we'll do some, something cool. So, so you have, you want to have that attitude. It's too easy to get, you know, bummed out, depressed, feeling bad. And don't get me wrong. It, it's going to come and you're going to feel it, but it's, you have to fight against it. And I don't mean to preach to you guys and saying this, but you know, like, you know, somebody got to say it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I feel, you know, most people might say, ah, take it easy. Don't worry about it. Enjoy yourself. Go to the beach, take a trip. I'm saying, no, no, don't listen to them. Take action right now. Take control of your life right now. I, I, I mean, maybe I have a funny story to share with you, but, and I kind of want your advice here, Yeah. but I, I almost dare say like, to, to try to keep yourself positive don't even mention that you're laid off, right? Like no. chances are if your resume says Twitter and the end date says November, 2022, I, I think everyone knows what happened. There. Right. It, it, it almost doesn't need to be said. You know what? Right? You don't even actually have to put the end date right away because if you're still kind of, some of them, like if they leave you oh. on for a while, so if they're leaving you on, oh. you could kind of... <laughs> You gotta leave it, you know, for a while until like you hit it. You don't want to lie, but you know, if like you you because some places keep you, you know what I mean? Like they'll say, okay, wow. you're still kind of here, even though you're not here. So yeah, you could kind of do that. Oh, so the expert tip. This is yeah, why you listen tip. to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because it is a weird thing because then then they don't ask that oh so what happened oh because then the conversation goes all about the downsizing instead of who you are and you don't want to have that conversation you want to have the conversation wow. about moving forward and being positive not having the interview feel sorry for you because you don't want that <laughs> you want to be like hey i'm glad to be here i'm excited about this job this is fantastic and and not talk about any of the negativity of the downsizing the layoff put that all behind you Interesting. Yeah. You know, cause maybe it's cause, uh, you know, the tech industry tends to be pretty insular and, you know, I'm a hiring manager at blind and I come across quite a few resumes and as I'm reading them, I'm like, Oh, I, I know exactly what happened here. Right. Like, you know, like <laughs> there's things that like light up, right. Like, uh, last year there's like someone from better and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I, I, think I, I know, know that right, right. Right. <laughs> Twitter right now, better right now, yeah. straight, like whatever. Right. Like I, I think people know. And so it's almost, you know, not worth it. Right. And, and even as a, as a hiring manager, as an interviewer, I know it's sensitive. I don't even want to like touch it, right? Because right, because you know, you know that they know you that you know, know. <laughs> that they know that you know, you know. So it's like, what? Like, let's let's not even dig go there. Like, we all get it. Right. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Like let let's let's just you know, chin up, move yeah. forward, right? And so, like, why are you excited about you know working at Blind or working at whatever going ahead? Would you suggest, or what do you do you hear from the people on Blind that? they want to get the same job somewhere else, like doing the same software engineer, or is are you feeling some people have started to say, Hmm, you know what, maybe I want to pivot to kind of something a little different, or maybe I want to go to a smaller firm, or maybe I want to go to wall street, or maybe I want to go, you know, wherever, what do you, what, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah. We, we don't necessarily see as much of the like switching functions yeah. or job functionality. If, if anything, it's kind of the opposite where, you know, these recent layoffs, a lot of the headline numbers, they sound huge, but when you look at tech roles, like engineering, product design, uh, they are in the minority of people that are being laid off. Like those bulk of this, like large uh, numbers, the headline numbers we see in the news, they're coming from what I call like business roles. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's the marketing, it's the sales, it's the HR and recruitings, it's the operations side. Um, and and in some layoffs, like those business roles can be 40, 50% of the, the actual, you know, count that's affected. Can I say and something so, that's going to get me a lot of hate? Uh-oh. Yeah. Let's, let's go for so, it. I've been, I've been doing this. Cause like, I'm a really boring guy. So I'm, well, I'll look at LinkedIn where, yeah. you know, people post the banner, that green banner that says, you know, open to work. Cause I'm curious to see if I could kind of, you know, you know use some data analytics, but like squishy, cause I'm not really crunchy numbers, but I'm kind of just processing. Right. And you're exactly right, dude. The ones who I see who are like a, whether it's gem or, or stripe or you you like any of these kind of startups, Twilo that you've been hit, the vast majority are like contractors for sure. You know, the ones who like short term, boom, they got crushed. Like Apple got rid of a hundred, you know, contract recruiters. You right. know, so like, yeah, the recruiters, the contract recruiters, contract anything, boom, they're out. Then I notice this is where like I don't want to be insensitive, but I notice like a lot of these jobs where you know, when I look at their background and resume. You know, their LinkedIn profile resume, not so good. 
they're not so good. It's kind of jumpy, kind of whatever. And it looks like places like Meta may say, hey, we need some help. We have, like you said, more money than God. So, you know, well, let's bring this person on, give that person a shot, you know, in this kind of role. But if they have to leave, uh, it's not going to be so bad. It's not going to really impact us. So you're right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so if if we see any kind of like switching job functions right yeah. now, it, it's from these business roles where they're thinking, oh, okay, like I, I still want to work in tech. Yeah. Or oh, like this layoffs, like these these entire teams of uh, engineers or, or product managers, they're they're still there at the company, and, and so if they start going and trying to figure out, all right, how do I learn? how to get into product or how do I learn how to code? Uh, and, and so if anything, we're seeing more of the kind of business side, try to get into the technical side. Uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of folks considering different industries and company stages, right? So with your total compensation, your TC down because of these like huge stock market plunges, like in, in some cases it makes sense to go to, you know, um, a, a so-called tier two company, right? Like maybe you're uh, not going to consider Uber, but you're now going to consider Lyft mm -hmm. or uh, you're not going to go work at like a Google or Microsoft. Maybe you're now open to uh, a DoorDash or, or something similar, right? Where they're still big. They still have, you know, restricted stock units that are basically liquid, right? Um, so, so that necessarily doesn't change. You still get the support of a huge, large name brand company. Uh, we're also seeing kind of people go the extra mile and say, oh, you know what? I, I, I'm willing to do the, the startup gamble. Maybe I can get like these like stock options. Uh, maybe they're lotto tickets, right? right? And maybe they'll like work out for me. Well, history, doesn't history show that some major, major companies started during recessions? Right. There's I, I, I forgot those, but there's like an amazing number that really blot, you know, that started because exactly what you're saying, where they're like, all right, you know what? I have some money. I saved some money. It's let's say, you know, the folks on your side. So if they're bringing home three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand a year. Right. And hopefully yeah. they were being, you know, smart with their money, investing it. Hopefully they didn't invest it in FTX because that that's maybe we could just talk before that, we end this. Just just yeah, to, that, that, to, that's out. Yeah. And so, so let's say you were smart and put some money away and you saved it. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's do, you know, let's do a startup. Do you think also, would they move to like where maybe they didn't want to go to a financial services firm or a hedge fund or a private equity, or just like a, you know, kind of old school blue chip company and say, you know what, if I'm not getting that big juicy RSUs or stock options, all right, maybe maybe go somewhere. And I was writing about this too. Maybe something boring, maybe something boring and safe for a while, like to move over and go to like, I don't know what, you know, maybe it's not as sexy, but you don't have to worry. I mean, is that I, an I, option? I mean, sometimes it scratches my head, like what qualifies as sexy nowadays, right? Like DoorDash is sexy in, in some circles, but it's a food delivery app, you know, like I'm, Oh, okay, that's fine. Stripe was like the most popular yeah. uh, 
you know, unicorn pre-IPO company, but it's literally like payment rails and processing. Like, dude, that's what always strikes as someone who's outside looking in at this world. And now <laughs> I'm kind of learning a lot. It's like, we're changing the world. This is amazing. I'm like, like you're an insurance company. All right. I mean, that's important, but that's not really changing the world. I mean, it's important. So like, yeah, why not say like, all right, let me go to whatever ABC widget company. They're really cool people there. They're going to pay me a lot of money. I'm going to, you know, they, you know, I looked at their balance sheet, you know, I did my homework on them. They're really safe and sound and I could ride out this, you know, you know, bad time and get paid well and not stress out. So, I mean, I mean, we're, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing people yeah. on blind. It's, it's really funny to me because maybe it's because I'm, you know, on the business side, I'm, I'm newer to the tech industry, but we're, we're seeing folks on blind discover like, oh, wow, like freight and logistics is really sexy, actually, because everyone needs it, right? And the pay in some, some for some companies can be just as high as Meta, Google, whatever. Uh, you have these hedge funds. Uh, that sometimes pay more. He's got you can than be a Google, lot. These right? absolutely they, they want these like quant trading, this high frequency trading, absolutely. That, those kind of things. Uh, but that's the most boring thing ever, right? <laughs> it's a finance. It's you know trading what? It's, things at fractions but, of a penny. But if you have like a gambler's instinct, you would like that because because <laughs> that's what it's all about. So if you like that, then you know what? Then it's like, oh wait, I'm not changing the world, but this is kind of fun. This is you know this is you know kind of cool. So yeah, so it sounds like, okay, you could do, you know, maybe go to a hedge fund, a private equity shop, like whatever company. Logistics, you know? defense. Yeah. Defense is a big one that I think people sleep on. Yeah. Uh, and and those compensations, they, they, they don't blink when you, yeah. some of those companies, when you ask for like a, a Google style salary, they're like, okay. Cybersecurity, right? That's another area. Cybersecurity, right? exactly. You know what it is? Because like, I remember- when it, you would see it in different periods, like there was a time when, you know, I was going to school, like going to a big investment bank. That was the thing, you know, that was the coolest thing. It didn't have to be Goldman. It could be whatever, but like, that would be cool. And especially growing up in New York city, you know, that would be right. like, wow, that's, that's, that's what you aspire to. But then investment banks weren't as cool anymore. They were boring. Then you wanted to go to like a hedge fund, you know, and then, all right, hedge fund. Now you want to go private equity. And so on. So it always kind of changes what's sexy and what's cool and what's hot and what gives you bragging rights. So, yeah. So maybe it makes sense for them to check out other areas too, right? To see, Hey, let, let, let me see what else is out there. I mean, I mean, Jack, I'll, I'll give you the, the San Francisco version. When I was in college, everyone wanted to work in biotech or health oh, or a consulting firm. They wanted to work at like Bain or McKinsey, McKinsey or something yeah. like that, right? Um, there was like this prestige associated with that. Um, like, oh, I have to go into this interview process and I'm like a junior in college or something, right? Um, there's like a, there's a cycle that goes to it. Like you have coffee chats before the actual interviews and all of these things. Um, and, and I always just like find it really funny, right? Where now it's like, do people necessarily want to work in biotech, right? Like they're, they're, they're just fads that they, they come It does. It just goes, it, it goes in waves. Right? It, like it, in right? New York, it was banks, right? And now yeah. it's hedge funds and now it's probably FinTech or something, right? FinTech, right? So it's, so <laughs> like, yeah. 
So, you know, I think it's really, you also have to have one of those Venn diagrams. It's like, what are you good at? What do you like to do? Where you can make money? And then you find it. And then maybe you put aside, you know, because I guess you get in that ecosystem. So if you're in that, like you're at Amazon, you're Apple, and then you go out, all your friends and former colleagues are going to look at you like, why did you leave? Like, what's up? What's wrong? So it's hard. It's not easy to kind of do something different. But then sometimes stepping outside of your comfort zone, it opens up so many more opportunities, you know, especially time like this where you're like, maybe I should just kind of keep an eye open. Right. I, I mean, there's, I, I, I just say like, there, there's so many different things that are going on. Right. And, and so like one thing that I've learned from, you know, interviewing the, the dozens of executives, the CTOs, the heads of HR that we've had on this podcast is you have to really start from like first principles, right? Mm -hmm. And that is just like looking in the mirror, looking at your resume and figuring out what are your core competencies, but also what do you actually want to do? And, and to your point, like finding that Venn diagram where your skill set matches what you are actually interested in, you know, what you really want to do and, and, and really finding that middle spot, right? And, and sometimes, you know, it could be me, like I'll use myself as an example. Like I'm a good communicator. I'm a PR guy. Um, I love talking, research, writing. Where's that Venn diagram? Maybe my next job is as a journalist. Maybe it's as a researcher, right? And so it's not necessarily like the the high flying PR executive in tech, uh, but but it's something adjacent, right? I think it's you're so people. right. It's so right because I, I I believe this from placing people for so many years is that the ones who succeed tend to do what you said. You take a step back and say, what are my skills? What am I good at? You know, like what's what should I lead with? And what do I like doing? And then the people who are going from their strength of what you like doing, and then you enjoy doing it and you're good at it, you succeed because then you're happy. Like, you know, you're doing something and you're like, I don't hate it. This is kind of, you know, I get paid to do something I kind of enjoy. This is really cool. And then that kind of person keeps getting better and better because when you're in a work setting, they see, oh, Rick is really happy. He comes in happy. He's motivated. I want him on my team. You know what I mean? We have an right. opening. I want him to come here because he seems great. So then it's self-fulfilling. Then you're happier and you work harder because people are appreciating what you do. So I, yeah, that this, I think for a lot of people, maybe that's a good thing to do. You sit back and say, hey, do I really want to be a software engineer? Or maybe I want to go into management. Say, hey, you know what? I'm tired of just being, you know, that kind of independent contributor. You know what? I'm ready to manage people. I like managing people. I manage, you know, maybe as a coach in high school or maybe whatever it might be, you know? And, huh, I, you know, I think I would be good at it. I'm empathetic. I can motivate people. Let me go and do that. So, yeah, I would encourage people to, to kind of take some time to really, like what Rick was saying, is to think, you know, take some time and think, what are my skills? What am I good at? What do I like doing? What do I enjoy doing? And then I, you know what? This doesn't sound corny, but then the money comes to you because you like what you do and you work hard. So it it, it comes to you down the road because you're going to work hard at it. You're going to be good at it. You're going to excel. You know, maybe not come at first, but then it does. I, I mean, I, I can. I'm, I'm a firsthand example of that, yeah. right? Like, I, I think very few people wake up as a, like a five-year-old and say, Hey, I want to be in PR. You didn't do that like, when you were a kid? No. Like, wake and, up. And, hey mom, I want to be a PR person. Yeah. Like in college, you, you know, I, I didn't go, Hey, Hey, I want to be a flack. Right. Like, it's just yeah. like, that's just not, not on my radar. Yeah. 
But like I, I learned, you know, like I, I went to college and I said, hey, I really want to be a lawyer. You know, growing up, I was the obnoxious kid that <laughs> uh, always tried to find like, how can I break this rule? Or like, how can I go right up to the edge of this rule and just like poke your eye occasionally, right? And <laughs> and that's what a lawyer does, right? They, yeah. they like understand what you can and cannot do. They interpret uh, and, and they kind of like, it's like an unlocking function, right? That's that's all being a lawyer is. And so I went to college, took some classes at Berkeley Law as an undergrad and thought, wow, this is a completely radical radically different way of thinking I, I don't mind it but I think I mind it if I were doing it 60 70 hours a day yeah. a week right and then I realized well what are some like very similar kind of related things that I can do with the skill of you know being annoying and getting right up to the <laughs> like you know like being very detail oriented we yeah. can call it uh and and, and you know communicating and I, I got into politics and from politics, I was writing speeches, and that's communications. And then I got into PR. Um, it, it, and so there was this like very long winded career path, but it, it started from a kind of core place of I, I'm a people person. I, I'm also very like, you know, like detail oriented. And, and, and those were all like very uh, needed uh, kind of skills, whether you want to be a lawyer, uh, a, a politician a lobbyist, a campaign manager, speech writer, PR person, writer, journalist, right? Um, it, it, it's, there's been this like nice kind of, it's, it's still a little bit linear, but kind of perhaps non-traditional career path. And eventually the money did find my way, right? Like, yeah. gosh, my first job was, what is it? Like, I mean, I think I made $38,000 writing campaign speeches so like those those annoying flyers that you throw out like yes on d <laughs> I, I literally wrote that those bullets and stuff um <laughs> you know i those the speeches for the the the, the union head mm -hmm. at a fundraiser i i wrote those right, right. and uh long hours in in october november uh and you know in december you're 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 home free but um eventually I didn't have to work all those long hours, right? Or eventually I made more than $38,000 a year. Uh, it worked out, right? And, you know, that's great advice because, you know, for the people here, you know, they may just say, hey, I'm a software engineer. That's all I want to do. That's cool. But I think Fine, yeah. it's helpful to just to throw out ideas because in a time of uncertainty, you know, you just want to explore things and keep an open mind because you don't know how things play out. You know, it could all turn around for the better and you're like, oh, why did I have to worry? Everything turned out great. Or it could be a long, bumpy ride. So this way, I think, you know, what Rick and I are trying to do with these podcasts by bringing guests or having these emergency, <laughs> these emergency sessions, it's like <laughs> to just bring ideas up. Now, you could say you like them. Some of you might say stupid or they don't apply. But you know what? By offering it, it gives you some ideas. It opens up some doors, you know, and, and and it can help. And I think in times like this, we all have to try to help each other because it is, we're going to be going through tough times for a while. So I think if we all kind of pitch in and give, give whatever kind of things we could contribute, and I think for us contribute, just give, you know, the advice, you know, garner from what we do for a living to see, give some color and context of what, what else you can do. I, I mean, I think that's exactly right, right? Because it's, it's very easy to your earlier point to get really frustrated 
and say like, man, I was laid off or holy crap, meta, like the blue chip, the most blue chip of the mm-hmm. tech stocks um, it is, is, is taking such a drastic action. Like I have no hope, but really like, no, right. Like there's no seasonality issue. Like there's still companies that are like scooping up, like drooling that there's now thousands of mm-hmm. folks that have meta Twitter stripe on their resumes that are, that are up for grabs. Um, a lot of folks, there's like dozens, hundreds of referral threats being posted every yeah. See, isn't that great? Like you see that all over the place where this is what right. I'm talking about, just trying to help everybody out, which is a really nice thing to see, you know, because you don't right. see that too often. Also, you see a lot of hate and anger. So it's nice to see, hey, look at this Excel sheet with, you know, you know, all these different companies that are looking, you know, here's this Google Doc with people who just downsized it. If you know anybody, help them, which is awesome. That's so cool. It's also a sign of like, not only are, 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 are people that I know or strangers helping me, but it's also a sign of like, it, it's market intelligence, right? Yeah. It's saying, oh, if they're re- open for referrals or they're taking referrals, they're growing, they're hiring. Yeah. Those are the companies that do not have a hiring freeze, right? True. Probably aren't going to lay off, at least not for a while. And so that there's kind of a, a shining light if you like read between the lines then, right? That's a good point. And that's something that maybe the people you could kind of, they could kind of concentrate on like, okay, let's maybe see, you know, maybe some of the bigger ones are right now higher freezes, what have you, but let's look at the ones who are not, but then I'll tell you this, the ones who do have higher freezes, right. And the ones that, you know, say they're laying off, I always find out behind the scenes, there's always some job open. And one of the, one of the, like, I find one of the best kind of tricks, I don't want to say tricks, but one of the hacks nice is tricks. that you have to find somebody at the company who, you know, to kind of say, Hey, Rick, I hear this software engineer position is open in this group. Hey, can you get, put my resume there and give a recommendation? Cause that helps out tremendously. You know, it's just sending your resume in response to an ad. It will work, but it's harder. But if you can get somebody who best case is someone internally because people always love internal you know referrals because they think of hey if rick is you're suggesting for someone to work you know with him in the company okay i gotta trust that because rick is great and if he's great his friend is probably great let's bring him in so so yeah you want to find that person at the company and you know you want to make sure not only send the resume they share the resume but they say really good warm glowing things about you then if you get a second person check this out if you can get a second person to do it also then the hr person whoever's like oh my god really? we got two separate you know strong recommendations for rick he must be amazing we got to bring him in so even when you see hiring freezes and even when you see layoffs it doesn't mean that there are certain jobs that are like the, they call it the hidden job market that are there, but for whatever reason, they're not broadcasted, they're not online. But if you dig around, yeah, so so don't get discouraged. If there's certain companies that your target company you love to work for, you know, try to pinpoint who would be that hiring manager. Try to kind of look on LinkedIn and 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 you know, through your network, who who do you think is that logical person that you would work for or the HR person responsible for it, the internal recruiter, and just go boom, just target that person. And that person, you know, I say, oh yeah, we do have something. Yeah, let me check it out for you. Now, is it probably harder given what in the context with all these lives? Yeah, but I'm, it's possible. Absolutely. I've, I see it all the time. Do you know, I mean, do you know what I suspect might happen at Meta? 
So you have this huge layoff right now, 11,000 across like different departments, right? Like I'm hearing Instagram, Facebook ad, just a lot of different departments and, and business units are affected. But what I suspect is, you know, they, they say that they have a layoff. They're doing a hiring freeze until 2023 next year. But I suspect maybe second quarter 2023, um, like that half year point, they're probably going to start hiring again. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be in like reality labs, that metaverse unit, yeah. right? It's, it's going to be these new initiatives that they really want to like double down on, really want to invest in, really want to start building. And you're we're, we're going to look back now and say, huh, six months ago, seven months ago, they had this layoff, but now they're hiring again, right? Yeah. We, we see it all the time. Uh, we, we even saw it uh, with uh, Twitter, right? They they laid off and they had some kind of like <laughs> Oops. regret. Oops. That's... Right. It's the next day and they're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have let, you know, Jim go or like Jim's team go. Um, and now I have to go and see if he'll come back. Right. It, it, and so we see this all the time. Like initiatives change. What is right for the company uh, is very context and time specific. It, it's not necessarily kind of, I, I see this a lot on blind, like, oh, this company did a layoff. Maybe their future isn't good. Maybe that industry stinks. Maybe they aren't doing as well as everyone thinks, right? Uh, but then you start to see like, no, maybe, maybe just specific to that context yeah. and you're going to hire again next, next quarter, next year. Yep. Right? And to your point too, I think what happens with some of these layoffs when you see like a meta and others laying off, it gives you cover to get rid of the dead wood. And again, this is, I'm going to get, I'm going to have people going to hate my guts, but like, I, I just want but I feel the value I add is just being transparent for what I've seen over oh, here. Yeah. And so I think what happens is you get cover. So let's say you're ABC widget company and you know, you have a lot of like subpar performers, people who have put on pips, people who whatever, this is your excuse to get rid of them because like you could just say, Oh, yeah. Right, right. Layoffs. Yeah. You know, layoffs. It's and so like so that also muddies the waters where it makes it look worse, but I think a lot of it is just an excuse to get rid of people who you always wanted to do, but you couldn't get rid of them and now you can't. I mean, it's also not necessarily an excuse, right? Like coming from my PR background, like the art of the news dump is real, mm. right? Like you have the the classic is the Friday news dump. Like Friday afternoon, I'm going to announce my bad news. All the reporters are out on the weekend. No one's going to care. Everyone is not going to read it, even if it's online, right? So we have that classic trope mm -hmm. within PR. And you have the same thing. Like if I'm a tech company and maybe I was going to lay people off and maybe I was going to announce it next week or, you know, next month. Oh, everyone, all the tech reporters are going to focus on big old meta at 11,000. <laughs> right. I can announce my layoff now. They just squeeze it in again under the radar. Squeeze it in. And you know what? So, you know, blind, we track layoffs very closely. And that's exactly what happened. This morning at 3 a.m. when the email went out to meta employees, all of the articles hit. And later that morning, you started seeing companies like Redfin laid off about 800 this right. morning. You saw- I didn't Kabam. see it. Yeah. Right? I didn't see it. We saw yeah. <laughs> Kabam, a video game company, 
do some layoffs. There's a, there's there's all these like different companies that are trickling out. And I mean, I'm going to tease you, Jack, but yeah. thanks for proving my point. Yeah, like, that's you didn't see it. No, right? I didn't. Because like I was focused on the, yeah, you know, you know, look gotcha. at this, look over here, look over here and don't look over here. You know, don't look at this side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so like, I, I mean, I, I bring that up as an example to say like, hey, that is a PR tactic that some companies use. Perhaps they were going to lay off next week, next month, tomorrow. Maybe they were going to do it the same day. You, you don't know, but it, it's very context specific and it's not necessarily anyone's fault, right? It is just like situational and, and you, you can't really like cast a judgment about a company or an industry. Uh, certainly cast judgment on the executives and leaders that are making these decisions that led up to this point. Certainly do that. But don't don't be quick to just like knock out like oh Meta's a goner, you know, yeah. or the metaverse is is uh, you know a stinker. I mean, I mean it, Meta's it still a cash out. cow. It's a cash cow. I think the PE I, last I saw it's like I don't really super low. So oh, I mean, really? it's still generating tons of money. Yeah. So it's it's you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like it's just they spent a lot on the metaverse, but aside from that, they're still they're still killing it. Yeah, I, I mean, do your research, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the boring guy that says that, but <laughs> I, I, th I think that's what's really interesting. It, right now, in times like this, it's very easy to just make these like instinctual, like it feels good to just be like F tech, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm just going to avoid tech entirely. Um, but no, there's some, some pockets there. Um, and, and even within an industry, just because, you know, let's say like lifted a layoff, Uber could be doing really well. You, you just really have to put yourself out there, do the research, talk to the folks that are working there, go on blind. It's an easy way to kind of figure that out, what people are talking about, um, you know, and do the research, go on, go on the Google finance, right? Figure out the PE ratios, kind of learn how to figure out like oh they actually have like a billion dollars on the cash uh, you know in, in cash of the bank accounts like wow like they're, they're probably not going to go out of business right like all of these different things can can help you make that decision right whether it's to apply for a job accept an offer uh make a move right i, I think there's certain uh big group out there that's you know their company doesn't have a layoff maybe they feel insecure secure about their job like now could still be a good time to make a move actually. Absolutely. That's great advice. And, and yeah, I, I hope, I hope, you know, people who watch it will kind of get this up and ready for tomorrow too, because. That's it for the blind ambition. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.